Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Straight out of Cobham, a show about Chelsea FC from The Athletic. On this episode, another day, another cup final as the women see off Man United in the League Cup semi. How will Chelsea fare in the FA Cup? Argyle get the panel to tell you. And we look ahead to the Club World Cup and there's the latest instalment of our world-renowned quiz. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on The Athletic. This is Straight out of Cobham. Okay then, listener. Second dose of Cobham for you this week. I'm Matt Davis-Adams, joined by the Athletic Simon Johnson, already gasping at the crumminess of my intro. It's a dad joke, Simon. I'm sure you've cracked a few yourself. Yeah, I mean, dad jokes my, is my forte, but even <laughs> I winced at that one. It's almost as painful as sorting out my travels to Abu Dhabi, that one. <laughs> uh, more on that later. Sam Parkins also with us. How are you doing, Sam? Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Simon. Just waiting to see if Simon said good morning, Sam, but no, he's not, so that's fine. Uh, right, first today, Chelsea women book their place in yet another domestic cup final on Wednesday night. We'll tell you how they did it next. Harder away here, Mannion trying to put her off. Harder away from Mannion a couple of times and slots it home. That is absolute class. Penilla Harder keeping her cool and slotting home like it was the easiest thing in the world. Chelsea progress to the final of the Continental Cup. They have the chance to claim the trophy for a third consecutive season. Full-time at Kings Meadow. Chelsea 3, Manchester United 1. Chelsea 3, Manchester United 1 in the Conti Cup semi-final at Kings Meadow. All the goals in the first half. Vanilla Harder and Jesse Fleming had the Blues 2 up. Bill de Boerice's reply a minute later made things interesting for a bit, but once Jess Carter steered in Chelsea third before the break, there was little doubt about the winner. Emma Hayes was thrilled with her team's performance. Absolutely superb, I think, from the very first whistle. Our aggression, our execution of the game plan, the... the Growing performances of of players I've mentioned many times that are uh, have had to stand tall at a time we haven't had a lot of numbers. I think the camaraderie, the spirit, the togetherness, the quality in our execution was absolutely first class tonight. Uh, Sam Penilla Harder really stepping up in the last few weeks. Lovely goal here, and she's uh, she's been able to carry the burden with Kerraway. Yeah, brilliant in the the absence of obviously Kirby and, and Kerr and a different type of goal, I thought, when I saw it uh, this morning. Unbelievable composure. No surprises that it was Guru Wrighton with the, the through ball. And I think she got an assist later in the game as well. She's got beautifully cultured left foot, but the skill, the awareness from Harder was was very impressive. And, and that's what you need. You need competition, especially at the top end of the pitch. And at the moment, you know, they've got... Uh, a plethora of free scoring strikers and um, hopefully on the way to the first bit of silverware this season. 
And a bit more competition, Simon, being added at the minute with the slow integration into the team of, of Lauren James. A couple of late sub-apps for her over the, the last few games as she continues to build fitness. So a bit more competition in that area. Yeah, and a welcome sign. I mean, it's taken a lot longer than than Chelsea and Emma Hayes would have wanted. Of course, a, a very sort of lucrative signing. Um, she was obviously all the hoo-ha about her being um, coming from Manchester United, um, the the James Kin sort of bit getting together. Um, her brother Reese, of course, um, but she arrived arrived to the club carrying an injury, um, and it's just taken a bit longer than than uh, everyone would have hoped for her to start sort of getting a bit more game time. Only came on for the last five minutes. I'm sure it meant a lot to her playing against a former club, even though it was such a short amount of time. But but perhaps you know her her return to fitness, which we we hope this is a sign of better things to come will will help Chelsea in in all competitions um and Emma Hayes will like that you know the competition for places because there's a big reason why uh, Chelsea signed her they they wanted her for for many years basically ever since she left the club as a youngster um she went on to Arsenal first and then Manchester United but they always sort of I think the plan was always to bring her back because she's so talented and uh, yeah hopefully we'll get to see that on a regular basis from now on uh, so Chelsea into the final. The other semi takes place tonight as we record. It's between Manchester City and Spurs. The final's due to take place on the 5th of March at AFC Wimbledon's Plough Lane Stadium. It'll be the third year in a row that Chelsea are participating in it. Uh, the massive matches just keep coming for Emma Hayes' team. On Sunday, they host Manchester City in the WSL. Uh, since we last spoke, the draw was made for the FA Cup fifth round. They will host Leicester at Kings Meadow on the final weekend of February. Meanwhile, Jiso Young will play in the Asian Cup final on Sunday. She was part of the South Korea team, uh, which won their semi against the Philippines on Thursday morning UK time. Right, we'll switch our focus to the men's team next as they return to action on Saturday lunchtime. Chelsea back at Cobham, having in many cases enjoyed some much needed fun in the sun. Back to business on Saturday as the Blues welcome League One promotion chasers Plymouth Argyle to Stamford Bridge in an FA Cup fourth round tie that kicks off at 12.30 UK time. Uh, Simon, we're recording before Thomas Tuchel's pre-match presser. Uh, Trevor Chalobah returned to the bench for the Spurs game, so I guess he might be involved here. What about Rhys James and Andreas Christensen? We thinking it's still a bit too early for them? Um, I think Christensen's got a chance. Um, he's been out with with uh, COVID, and yeah, he's been training whilst everyone else has been enjoying the, the summer holidays. I think he was pretty close to being involved, or certainly in the squad for the Spurs game. So I think he's got a chance. The last I heard about Reese James was that the plan was for him to rejoin the main group around sort of now ish. Um, I don't think he was pitching training the other day and that the target was, or the most likely target was perhaps being involved in the FIFA Club World Cup, certainly perhaps off the bench. Um, but I, I just think, you know, apart from Ben Chilwell now, it seems like, fingers crossed, that there's pretty much everyone fit and available for what is going to be a very intense period um, the last three months of the season. And, and Tuchel will hope that he's sort of what has seemed to be a weekly run of injuries and issues um, is finally coming to an end and that he can just... His problem now, of course, will be now uh, sort of trying to keep everyone happy. That's the weird thing, 
is that um, when when he had so many absentees, um, he could pick from the same lot all the time, um, which obviously wasn't ideal either. But now he's going to have about 25 players to choose from. It's going to be a bit more tricky. And Sam, in terms of the starting lineup for this game, are you expecting it to be a little bit like Chesterfield? Maybe not with a Lewis Hall in there, but but as in a strong team that starts, and then if Chelsea are winning at half time, they, they make the subs like they did with with Lukaku and, and Kovacic, because of course you get you get five changes in the FA Cup, which Thomas Tuchel's a big fan of. Yeah, I would imagine. I mean, there's plenty of you know fringe players if if you like that kind of didn't feature that were readily available for the for the Tottenham games. So that's probably ominous for the um the Plymouth Argyle players and staff who are preparing for this game and and hoping that it's going to be a, a collection of the younger players. I don't see it that way. I think it'll be similar to the Chesterfield lineup and you know players, forward players with a with a point to prove and an opportunity to to get some confidence and get some goals. So yeah, I, I think the way that the the schedule has played out Yes, this Club World Cup is important. I'm sure they want to win the trophy, but I think there's an opportunity to mix up the lineups in these next, what it would be, three games um, and get the, the minutes that people require into them. I don't think it's necessarily going to be the same side when they go away, you know, in, in search of that trophy. But I think an opportunity, as Simon says, to to gear up for what's a really you know heavy schedule when they return. I'm guessing, Simon, Thiago Silva and Christian Pulisic will be unlikely to start in this game, given that they've both been halfway around the world this week on international duty? No, I, would, I wouldn't expect them, no, to feature because um, unlike everyone else, they, they haven't been able to put their feet up and if you're Christian Pulisic, you haven't even got to enjoy some warm weather. I mean, <laughs> absolutely freezing conditions here to feature in, although he was named on the bench uh, against Honduras the other night uh, for the USA. Um, but no, it, it, there's no point... Um, they won't be needed. Well, they shouldn't be needed. Um, I, I should hasten to add. Um, yeah, so so put their feet up for the for the FIFA Club World Cup. Um, I'm sure Christian Pulisic is, has been studying the weather in Abu Dhabi, sort of thinking, <laughs> oh, that'll be a bit nicer than uh, what he's been used to over the last few days. Yeah, absolutely. Freezing in Minnesota as he came off the bench to score uh, in the USA's 3-0 win against Honduras, a match which saw two Honduras players have to be withdrawn at halftime because of the cold, one apparently treated for hypothermia. Um, back to Saturday's game, Sam. Jordan Houghton, the, the modern-day Sam Parkin, as, uh, as nobody <laughs> but me calls him. Uh, he came through the Chelsea Academy. He was captain of the under-21s-23s uh, and left without having made a first-team appearance, but read an, in, uh, an interesting interview with him on Sports Illustrated this morning. He's he's very sanguine about it. He's He's not... He's pleased for the education that he got. He said it's the equivalent, the footballing of a, equivalent of getting an Oxbridge education going through the Chelsea Academy. And he was he was happy that he'd got to play 100 league games before he left permanently, which made him you know, more attractive to potential buyers. It, it'll be a big day for him, obviously, as, as having been at the Chelsea Academy for 15 years. But it sounds like he's approaching it in the right way, i.e. not with a sense of bitterness that he'll be looking across at you know, Ruben Loftus-Cheek and maybe Christensen and thinking they used to be my teammates, it could have been me. No, and yeah, I think he seems like a really sensible, likable young young man. And I think he'd be realistic, Matt. You know, when we turn the clock back and think about his time in the youth team, you know, there was players with more flair and more guile and more star quality than him. He did a lot of the hard yards. And I think if he was realistic at, 
at that age, he probably knew that it was going to be about getting the education and going forging a career in the lower leagues. Um, that's not being disrespectful. That's just the type of lad he, he was, the type of player he was. And he's gone and done that really well. I think he's had two promotions so far. He was a big part of what they did at, at MK Dons. And, um, you know, at Plymouth, he's vital in their system. Um, you know, he plays in front of the back three, um, breaks up a lot of play, but also starts a lot of attacks. And he does that wonderfully well. So I think he's a he's a brilliant character. It would be nice, you know, given that he was in the youth cup winning side with Loftus-Cheek, if he's in direct combat with him, that would be a nice individual quirk. But I think for all the Plymouth players, massive day. But if, for him, absolutely amazing that he's got the opportunity to go back because I'm sure a lot of these lads that come through at Cobham, apply their trade in the lower leagues, never get the opportunity. So he should enjoy every minute. And Sam, as our EFL expert, will Plymouth play a full-strength team here? I ask that because they're three points off the playoffs with a game in hand. They've recently changed manager after Ryan Lowe went to Preston and they promoted his assistant, Stephen Schumacher. But they they can't get away with putting the reserves out and saying we're focusing on the league here, can they? I don't think so, but they, they've got decent depth. I think they've got the opportunity to maybe change one or two players. Um, you know, it's a really... It's a really nice, sophisticated way of, of playing that they adopt. They've been a bit inconsistent under the new manager, but I think the, the Chelsea fans that are there will see a lower league side who like to play out two centre-half split wide and they try and play through two very, very good wing-backs for the, for the level. So it's a nice brand of football. They play two up front, so they'll try and um, obviously create chances. They've got two bodies at the top end of the pitch. So um, it's, a good, it's a good league one side. You know, but of course, the the aspirations will be to get into the into the playoffs this season under the new manager. But yeah, I'll expect them to be more or less full strength, other than maybe one or two changes, which which shouldn't kind of diminish the the quality that they'll bring. That'll be the first time the teams have met since they did in the old Division Two in nineteen eighty eight eighty nine. We'll react to that game in Monday's pod. Next today, we'll look ahead to the Club World Cup. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Simon, you're off to Abu Dhabi next week. Excited? <laughs> PCR, fit to fly test permitting. <laughs> um, yes, I am. Um, it, it's it's also a bit surreal because it's I don't really count Belfast as a as a trip abroad, <laughs> um, but this will be my first sort of trip abroad since Valencia in the Champions League group phase um, back in. Is it Valencia or Sevilla? I'm getting conf- I always get those two confused. In uh, 2019-20. So, it would have been 2019. Yeah, it was Valencia, wasn't it? Um, I'm pretty sure. 
Anyway, I also stumble around. I, if someone had told me, if someone had told me, oh, that would be your last sort of trip, because I, I basically an airport became my second home um, for over a decade. I was so used to flying about, and um, so I've probably done my carbon footprint a, a world of good the last few years. But anyway, getting back to the point, yes, uh, it, it's a, play, a place um, in the world I've never been before, um, and I'm really keen to, yeah. A lot of people sort of go, oh, this is not much of a trophy. It's something that Chelsea have never won before. And, they, of course, they blew it um, 10 years ago uh, under Rafa Benitez. Um, so now's their chance to do something which is very difficult to do because you have to win the Champions League to have a chance of doing so. So, um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, listener, if you've got your Cobham bingo card there, you can tick off Slidig from Simon at Rafa Benitez. Uh, always <laughs> nice to get one of those in. Um, Sam, how do you think the Chelsea players are feeling about this? I mean, the location, I guess, plays a part. You know, you, you're going to go and train and play in the sun for, for a week or so. Nobody minds that. But but is this taken seriously? Did, if you're Cesar Azpilicueta, are you thinking this is literally all I've got left to win? I'm desperate to get this. Or are you, or are you basically thinking this is a bit of warm weather training for for a few days? No, I think they'll want to win it. Yeah, I think so because there's not well, there's always pressure, but because there's there's such a gap that's um, opened up in the Premier League title race. Um, I think they need to look at this as a positive. Yeah, there's the the cup competitions are still gonna obviously um, hopefully bear fruit this season, and and Chelsea can win one or two. But yeah, this is another chance, and yeah, for the likes of Aspilicueta, um, I think this is a big tournament and. Yeah, you always want to be the best in the world, don't you? You know, to have that label for for a season or or, or whatever, it's it's a great chance to, to to flex your muscles, I suppose, and and say that you're the best. So, yeah, I'd, of course they'll enjoy a little bit of a break from Cobham and, and what have you. But no, I think this competition is one that they'll definitely want to win, given especially what Simon said about the the, the previous deficiencies when they got to this this stage. Yeah, and I also think, Sam, that... Um, hello, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 also, I also think that it's uh, it's good for team morale. Like we, we saw with the, the Super Cup win, what what a great way to start the, the season that was to, to beat Villarreal on penalties. We saw the celebrations there and that feel-good factor um, carried on into the start of the season. And this effectively is... A start of a new season in a way it's only been a, a short break but it feels quite a significant one and, and I think being away for a, another week as well will, will just make it feel like an even longer break for the players from uh, I'm kind of brushing over the fact they're playing Plymouth on Saturday I'm talking about like the serious I'm really jinxing it now the serious games <laughs> that follow when they get back from Abu Dhabi and, and I just think if they have another trophy it just it just gives you that little boost of morale, that sort of that self belief. So I, I think it will be it will have added benefits as well as making history. Uh, so as a seeded team, Chelsea enter at the semi final stage. We don't know who they'll be playing yet, but it will be on Wednesday, the 9th of February, four thirty UK time. If you're in the UK, by the way, the game's being shown on E4, um, presumably between celebs go dating and the the Hollyoaks omnibus. So sure. 
My um, favourite shows. <laughs> the other teams involved are Palmeiras, who are the Copa Libertadores winners, Al Hilal of Saudi Arabia, they're the Asian Champions League winners, Al Ali, the Egyptian side, who are the African Champions League winners. You've got Monterey, who won the CONCACAF Champions League, uh, Al Jazeera of the United Arab Emirates, who, who are there basically because they're local, as far as I can work out, and AS Piray, who are the, the very best that Tahiti has to offer. Um, they might well not be involved by the time that Chelsea get there. Simon, it's taken me a while to get through that but Chelsea will be glad that they're in this version of the Club World Cup won't they rather than the proposed 24 team tournament that would have taken place in June of last year uh, had Covid not got in the way yeah um, FIFA sort of the the geniuses that just want to pile on the fixture list and pile on the the player schedule um, you you sort of obviously it feels like only a matter of time before this will be the the norm, you know, a much bigger competition, um, which which then will uh, compete in some ways with the the, the Champions League, um, if if it gets too big. Um, no, I mean t- just playing two games seems seems about right. And of course, it used to only be one. Um, Chelsea should get through their semi final. I mean, everyone expects it to be a Chelsea Palmeiras final, don't they? Um, it feels like the rest of the games is is kind of just for show and 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 just sort of yeah just to bring in the global audience a bit more but but everyone's sort of expecting a Chelsea Palmeiras final and and you know can Chelsea learn the lessons from their performance against Corinthians because uh, in 212 because that that that's the one thing about it is that this competition means more to South America South American clubs than than it tends to mean to clubs in in Europe. Um, I would hope, especially as Azpilicueta, the only surviving member of that of that squad, will sort of highlight. Actually, no, this is this. I don't think that he he'll hammer at home as important as the importance of compared to South American clubs. But I think he'll definitely hammer at home that. Yeah, make sure you take it seriously and, and go pick up that medal. But if Chelsea win their semi, they'll play in the final on Sunday the 12th. If not, it will be the definitely necessary third, fourth place playoff earlier. You should definitely day. get me on the, the pod if that's the case, because I'll be just <laughs> ranting about why I'm not on a plane home. We'll do a full two-hour preview on the uh, on the third, fourth place playoff. Or on the beach. <laughs> Either way, wherever you are, we'll hopefully get some updates from Simon uh, in the Middle East as the Club World Cup progresses. Uh, elsewhere in Chelsea news, Edouard Mendy will play in the African Cup of Nations final on Sunday. His Senegal side beat Burkina Faso in Wednesday's semi. They'll take on either Egypt or Cameroon. Simon, will that rule him out of, of the Club World Cup, do you think? Do you think that Chelsea will say, well, you, you can have a break because nobody else did? Or will he be expected to go straight from, from Cameroon to Abu Dhabi? Good question. In, in the, I hadn't thought that Chelsea might decide to give him a break. Um, yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, I just assumed that he would join up with them because he's Chelsea's first choice keeper. I'm sure he himself will want to get back in the fold and and sort of just remind everybody that he should be playing instead of Kepa. Um, you know, Kepa's had a good, I think, a positive time um, during Mendy's absence. Um which, which I sort of, when I wrote a piece about Kepa a few weeks ago, I, I sort of said this was a, a really good chance for him to just remind everybody what he can do. And he's had this run of games. Um, be interested to see if Bettinelli gets another chance against in the FA Cup against against Plymouth first, of course. But 
but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's possible. I, I, it's something I haven't um, haven't been asking around about. Um, but yeah, like I said, if, if I was Mendy, I'd, I'd I'd want the the nice warm weather in the Abu Dhabi, let alone the football. <laughs> uh, we mentioned Christian Pulisic, his uh, his performance helping the USA to a three 0 win against Honduras. That means that they're second in their World Cup qualifying section. Three games left, looking well placed to reach the finals in Qatar. Uh, in terms of the academy action, the men's under-23 side play on Friday night. They travel to Arsenal in PLT. You can watch that live on Chelsea's online platforms with Sam and I providing the commentary. Uh, they could do with a win, Sam, couldn't they? Only, only two points above the relegation zone going into this one. Yeah, and, and that recent defeat at the Emirates in the, the Papa John's Trophy will still be quite raw, I would suggest. And Now, they played really well against Manchester City. I spoke about it on the the podcast last week in a a different fashion for a Chelsea Academy side where they spent large portions of the game without the ball, had to, you know, defend really resolutely. I'd imagine it would have taken a lot out of the players, but they created a lot of chances on the counter-attack, especially in the second half. And I know that the staff were really happy with that display, but I suppose it's being a bit more on the front foot and trying to score goals. Um, I would expect some of the the players who excelled in that Youth Cup victory at Liverpool to be promoted uh, for this game into the under-23s, considering there's likely to be a knock-on effect of under-23s players joining the first team for the Plymouth game. So I imagine it will be a youthful uh, side that takes the field tomorrow, but one that should be full of confidence if Silco Thomas and uh, Malik Mothersill and people like that maybe get a few minutes. So it's always a great game. Uh, you know, Chelsea-Arsenal was the one really when I was um, in, in the youth setup. Um, they always produce great players and it's always an electric game. So hopefully they can get back to winning ways tomorrow. Seven o'clock kickoff for that one. If you'd like to join us, uh, Sam mentioned that formidable FA Youth Cup comeback last weekend. Back to league business for the under-18s on Saturday. They welcome Fulham to Cobham in the under-18 Premier League South. Currently top of the table, Chelsea ahead of West Ham on goal difference. Right next today, it's quiz time. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Listener, producer Lucy's got involved just before we came on air to say that question three for each competitor was too easy. So I've had to reword it. So let's just see uh, how popular our previously beloved producer is come the end of this week's quiz with our panellists. FA Cup fourth round is the theme here. Three questions each. Sam, you're up first. Who scored Chelsea's goals in their 3-1 fourth round win against Luton last season? Sammy Abraham got a hat-trick, didn't he? He did. Absolutely right. Nice, easy start to kick off 1-0. Before Abraham last season, Simon, against Luton, who was the most recent Chelsea player to score a hat-trick in the FA Cup? It also came in the fourth round. Literal head-scratching going on (laughs) at Johnson Towers. Um... Someone random. I remember Oscar getting a hat trick one year. I go Oscar. Absolutely correct. Oh, Oscar worthy. Oscar dos Santos Emboaba Junior to his friends against MK Dons back in twenty sixteen. One all. Well done, Simon. Look, can I just? Can I just? Here we go. His his anecdote. Simon time. <laughs> one of the reasons I remember that game was because it was one of the biggest mic drop moments in the mix zone ever when, um, you know, a post-match you just go, oh, you're going to get someone going, oh, yeah, great great to win, blah, blah, blah. It was the mix zone where John Terry came out and said, I'm leaving, they're not offering me a new deal. And it totally took sort of the Chelsea PR by surprise. I didn't know he was going to do it. And it just sent everyone into meltdown. Everyone was on the phone going, ah, of course. A few months later, he did sign a one-year extension. But anyway, <laughs> there you go. I was just thinking about NFT apes, to be honest. Whenever you say John Terry, that's, that's all I can hear these days. Uh, I remember that 5-1 at MK Dons. It was like, that was when Edin scored like his only goal of that season, essentially, wasn't it? <laughs> I seem to remember. Um, Sam, here's your second question. Who did Chelsea beat in the fourth round in 2004? It was the third and final meeting between the Blues and this team. Third and final meeting. Yeah, so there's a clue in the question there. Yeah. Berry. Oh, it's a good shout, but it's not right. Can you pinch it, Simon? (laughs) Uh, Huddersfield Town. No, because they are still a football club. It was Scarborough. Sorry, now I get the gist of... Uh, no, I, yeah. I sort of went the last time they pl- they've only played each other three times or something. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Doing all I can for you, boys. I mean, you know, if it was Scarborough, up to me, the no, questions I wouldn't have got be, it anyway, as if that makes any easier. difference. Can you ask that in a Neil Warnock voice, man? <laughs> Who did Chelsea beat in fourth round in 2004? <laughs> it was third and final meeting between Blues and this team. We were robbed, by the way. Um <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Neil. <laughs> Simon, here's your second question. Uh, Chelsea were last knocked out at the fourth round stage of the FA Cup in 2015 when then League One Bradford produced one of the biggest shocks in the competition's history, coming from 2 1 down at half time to win 4 2. Name at least one of the Chelsea scorers that day. I was, 
It's funny, I, I remember the Bradford goal scorers. Well, certainly one of them, Jonathan Stead. John Stead, yeah. yeah. He absolutely bullied Chelsea that day. Gary Cahill? Gary Cahill is correct. So you can have a point for that. Uh, can you name the second one as well? I think it's another random one. Like? Maldonagy. No. <laughs> Going Ramirez. Ramirez is absolutely right. Yeah. It's, oh. Again, it's it really, you know, it was a memorable game. I just remember the Bradford fans going absolutely bonkers to my left from the press box, like oh, about 7,000 in there. Two for two then, Simon. You're on for a perfect score. So, Sam, it means you've got to get this to be in with a chance of salvaging something. Which former Hull City loanee scored for Chelsea against the Tigers in the fourth round in January 2020? This question was worded slightly differently, but Lucy decided it made the answer too easy to get. Hull, say it again. Which former Hull City loanee scored for Chelsea against the Tigers, the Tigers being Hull City, in the fourth round in January 2020? Hey. Simon's jaws on the floor, if that makes you feel any better. So, a former Hull loanee. So they went to loan. They went on They loan were on loan at Hull from Chelsea. They returned, scored against Hull for Chelsea in the FA Cup fourth round, January 2020. Oh, that God. Mm, I was too. You and I spoke to each other in the press room beforehand and they had those really, really good pies that they used to um, do at Hull. You got like a big portion of mushy um, peas. Notice how we've turned the quiz into kind of reminiscing. <laughs> is, it, um, is it Tamori? It is Tamori, yes. Whoa. Great, great. Well done, Sam. Okay, so that means... Yes, of course he was on loan there. Yeah, he yeah, was, yeah, yeah. There was somebody... Oh, Olerena, I think, might have been there as well at the same time. Um, anyway, so that is 2-2. Two, two. So, Simon, if you get this one right, you win. Back in 2009, Chelsea beat Ipswich 3-1 at the bridge in round four of the FA Cup. The Ipswich scorer that day's dad might be about to get a new job. Name that scorer. This is a much easier question the way that I wrote it before Lucy changed it. Might be about to get a new job. Yeah, his dad. So I don't want the dad, I want the scorer. Can I nick this for the win? Uh you can, but we'll give Simon some time to um to give an answer. Well, I can only think someone in for a job, Steve Bruce, so is it Alex Bruce? It is Alex Bruce, and it confirms the victory with a one hundred percent score. I mean, if that doesn't send you off to Abu Dhabi with a spring in your step, <laughs> I don't know what will. Still bottom of the league, but it's nice to get the first victory. <laughs> Sam, thank that, you. That wasn't even an ugly one nil either, Simon. No. That was mag magnificent. Thank yeah. you. Comprehensive. Well Match ball goes back with you. Uh, Simon, your latest piece makes the case that Chelsea were right not to make moves in the market in January. Tell us a bit about that and what else you're working on, please. Yeah, I mean, within reason, like every every, as I sort of say in the piece, every club... Every fan wants to see a no sparkly signing just to jazz things up a bit. But Chelsea fans have to get realistic. And look, sorry if I tie you all with the same brush. There were a few comments going, well, I didn't think they needed a new signing. Yes, obviously I have to generalise. But look, Chelsea have got bigger fish to fry uh, in the summer. It's going to cost a fortune to sign the likes of um, Chuameni, Jules Conde, Declan Rice. These are the kind of players they're in for. 
there's only one real position that, that Chelsea are particularly weak at the moment, which is left wing back. As we all know, it's the Ben Chilwell thing. But from a very early point, and this is what I said in the column, from a very early point, the moment Chelsea were trying to re-sign Emerson on loan, that, that sort of sent out the signal that they didn't really want to spend any money. And and quite right too, it, it, it's not an ideal situation. Of course, you'd want a better left wing back um, of Chilwell's quality right now. Alonso's not really performed since he's come back in the side. Malang Sarr, which I wrote about, who I wrote about recently, is certainly a promising, but but not sort of in Chilwell's class. But you, you can't sort of fritter away like the 25 million that Aston Villa spent on Lucas Digne. Um, and, and that will just take away from the budget that, that Tuchel has in the summer. Bearing in mind as well that Chelsea's wage bill is now the second highest in the, in the Premier League, and they're also in the process of trying to renegotiate contracts with the centre-backs, as we've discussed many times on this show. So that that's basically the premise of the piece. Um, it, it's not an ideal situation, but Chelsea's such a huge squad, and we, we've talked on previous editions of Straight Out of Cobham that Tuchel has a problem keeping the players he has happy as it is without adding someone else to the fray. It's true that he needs his own signings to come in. He's only really signed Lukaku. But it's going to take time to uh, evolve this squad. And, and sort of touching on this piece, I sort of this is a follow-up, um, which you'll be able to read in the next day or two, which is, is basically highlighting the contract situation. That all this all season we've been sort of talking about, oh, Christensen, Rudiger... As for Equator, uh, thankfully Thiago Silva signed. But unfortunately, if you look at the sort of contract situation with the other players, there are going to be more decisions to come, more perhaps contract um, Ferraris in Chelsea's future. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm very much focused on contracts and player signings and stuff, which is the kind of stuff that readers like. Lovely. Uh, you can also read Liam's piece on where Conor Gallagher might fit into the Chelsea team next season. Athletic.com slash Chelsea pod is the place to go to do that. Uh, Sam, it's a double header for you in terms of Chelsea this weekend, right? You're with me on Friday and then you'll be at the uh, the cup game against Plymouth on Saturday too. Yeah, do, doing Saturday for for the radio. So yeah, looking forward to that one. Um, I haven't started on my Plymouth prep as of yet, but I've got a few spies in the camp. So hopefully I'll be well read. Come free. Uh, come twelve thirty Saturday afternoon. I'd have missed it if I'd have turned up at three. <laughs> uh, well, straight out of Cobham, we'll return on Monday. We'll reflect on all the weekend's Chelsea action and look in more detail at the Club World Cup semi-final. Join us for that if you can. Until then, have a great weekend. The Athletic. <laughs>